0: Hi friends, this is Ian here, one of the pastors of St. Moe's in the heart of Baltimore City, and this is our daily podcast, Every Day with St. Moe's. We're doing this during this period of the COVID-19 pandemic, trying to remain connected to one another, as well as deepening our roots in Jesus. I want to share a few thoughts, really one thought, from the Old Testament book of Ruth today, which is a gem of a book. If you're not familiar with the Old Testament book of Ruth. It's four chapters long, well worth a read, and this uh, is the overview in a nutshell. It's the story of a young woman, Ruth, who is uh, not initially part of the people of God. She's a Moabites uh, rather than um, a Jewish woman, and she ends up showing extraordinary loving faithfulness to her mother-in-law, Naomi. That's the way the story begins. Of course, the long arc of the story is God showing his extraordinary loving faithfulness, not only to Naomi, but also to Ruth, and ultimately to all of his people through the offspring that Ruth bears. Uh, we see Ruth in the genealogy of Jesus. She crops up as his great-great-great-great-great-grandmother. The story opens with a period of famine uh, and the author does not directly attribute the famine to the Lord and nor does the author directly attribute to the Lord's hand the death of Naomi's husband Elimelech or of the deaths Of her two sons, Mahlan and Kilian. None of those are directly attributed to the Lord's hand, but in a Hebrew mindset for people who believed in the total sovereignty, the total control that Yahweh exerted over the universe, they would understand all of those things to be under the sway of his power. So whether or not He directly caused them. He was ultimately able to prevent them from happening, to change their course, or to bring relief at his pleasure. So that's the backdrop, a backdrop of loss, of uh, deprivation, of famine for this whole story, and one in which there are all sorts of looming question marks. Why has God allowed these things, these hard, sad, devastating, stinging things to happen. What I want to draw your attention to, though, occurs first in chapter 2, verse 3. Ruth and Naomi have returned to the land of God's people where there is food again, and Ruth goes out to labor as a migrant laborer in the field behind some harvesters. In chapter two, verse three, it says, so Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. And that sentence introduces Boaz, who becomes a major figure in the story as an instrument of God's special grace to Ruth. A similar phrase, as it so happened, crops up in chapter four. At this point, Boaz is committed to providing rescue, uh, provision, supply, uh, comfort, and safety for Ruth and Naomi, Uh, but he is not the closest family member uh, to do this. And so Chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then, the family redeemer he had mentioned came by, so Boaz called out to him, come over here and sit down, friend, I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. I bring this up because both of those two crucial turns in the storyline are introduced with the phrase, it just so happened, or just at that time. And nor are those dramatic turns in the story, as small as they might seem in the moment, attributed to the hand of the Lord. But the Hebrew author is just begging us, begging us to see that behind these seeming coincidences is the hand of a loving all-powerful God, who even in the midst of hard times and definite struggle and loss is weaving the details of the story together to guide the hearts of those who are attentive to his work towards him in obedience, in love, in faith, where they will receive his blessing and a blessing that will spill out beyond them to be a blessing for generations and generations. In short, the author is begging us to see behind these words, it just so happened. Not coincidence, but God's definite plan. Because it's through this relationship between Ruth and Boaz that God's ultimate rescue for the world came in Jesus. And this was a rescue he had planned and proclaimed to his people Generations and generations and generations before this story occurred and one he had counted on from the very foundations of the earth and so my encouragement to you is during this season of challenge uh, when we experience difficulty and loss and are tempted to ask God why have you not done anything about all this Let's look at the just-so happenings of our lives. And let's be attentive there for ways that God might just be working in the details to bring about blessing and to turn our hearts toward his long-term plan. I can think of a few ways in my own life, in the life of St. Mose where I see God in the just-so happenings. I think, well, yesterday, was the was would have been my dad's birthday uh, 79th birthday and many of you know that uh, our dad died in the middle of january um, just before this pandemic began and the last month of his life he was in a memory care facility and time and time again through this pandemic we as a family have reflected on how merciful God's timing was. It would have been tortuous for the family. As hard as, as, hard as it was to lose him uh, to an ugly disease like Alzheimer's, it would have been so much harder to see him locked up in a memory care facility where we were unable to be with him and to bring him comfort and companionship and for him not to understand what is going on. So I see in that just so happened God's kindness and mercy. Here's another one uh, that goes beyond my family to the life of St. We have a, a major building project going on at the church building, and one of the significant complications was going to be disruption, significant disruption to the life of the church family in order to install an elevator and renovate bathrooms. And it, it wasn't insurmountable, but it was a significant, significant challenge that likely would have Made our lives um, quite complicated. It just so happened that we are able to proceed with that building project during this season in a way that will not disrupt, will not currently disrupt the life of our church because we are not gathering there anymore on Sundays. So, this might sound like uh, I'm encouraging you just to be a glass half full type person, but I, I'm asking you to do more than that. I'm asking you to choose to interpret your circumstances in light of God's kindness and blessing. The Archbishop William Temple, Bishop of, uh, of Manchester back in the 1920s uh, was challenged by some of his critics about prayer. And they said, well, "Surely, surely what you are calling God's answers to prayer is just coincidence. And he said to them, well, maybe so. But when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't.